Welcome in Iowa Hawkeye fans to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Uh, we're recording right after the North Carolina game here. It looked stressful for a while in the second half. We blew a 16-point lead, but, I mean, huge win for the Hawks. They come out on top of, what was the final, 93 to, 93 to 80, I think the final score was. Uh, and, I mean, it was just... I thought for sure. In years past, Iowa wets that game down their leg nine times out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This isn't years past. I mean, obviously, this is uh, the best Iowa team in recent memory. You, you don't come into the season with a, a preseason rank of five and then move up to three without cause. I mean, shit, Luka Garza. What, when Luka Garza only scores 16 points and you say that's a bad game for him and you still beat a ranked team by double digits, you know the caliber of the team that we have. And uh, This game went to prove... I mean, it, it said a lot about what we already knew about this Iowa team. We're going to put f the basket in the hoop and... Uh, the basket in the hoop. The basket yes. in the hoop, yes, that is what I said. Basketball term. Yep, <laughs> everybody knows that one. Um, and we're probably not going to be great at defense, but when you're scoring 93 points a game, you don't have to be great at defense because you're going to put more... You're going to put more points on the board than the other team does most nights. All right, so let me just run down the stat line here quick. Uh, so Jabo was our leading scorer with 24 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 7 of 16 from three. I mean, six assists as well. I mean, that that's why he's on the team is uh, the 7 of 16 from three. Uh, Frederick, 21, 5 of 7 from three. Wheezy, 19, 5 of 7 from three. Luca only 16, but he had 14 rebounds, four blocks, two assists, and a steal as well. And then off the bench, you got Toussaint with six, Nunji with four, and Keegan Murray with three. But Keegan Murray was probably – he was definitely the most impressive bench piece. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'll say it again. You know, defense is always the question mark for this team. And when North Carolina went on that run where they gained that lead right around the 10-minute mark, Keegan Murray came in and just gave us some really great minutes. He's got the length and athleticism that some of the regular starters don't. So he came in and just made an impact immediately on the defense. I specifically remember he had one really good block, um, and then also he's always been great on the board. So he provided a type of defensive spark that we needed at a time where it felt like the game was kind of getting away from us. And, uh, you know, he gave us some really good minutes and then, the offense got back in rhythm. We were able to regain the lead and close it out from there. But I really liked what I saw from him. And I, uh, every game that you watch, it makes, you know, you understand more and more why Fran McCaffrey has been giving him the most minutes out of any of the true freshmen on the team. For the record, there was a point in the second half where we were all dogging J-Ball and telling, saying he needed to get go on the bench. So, yeah, I mean, he hit a lot of threes, and it's good because, like, He's the program's all-time leading three-point shooter. He's out there for a reason. But his biggest flaw for his entire career has been that he is not a very good defender. So when you're playing bad defense and they're going on a run and then we happen to be on a cold shooting spell there for a couple minutes, that's a recipe for you know blowing a lead rather quickly. So Jabo certainly has his place in the lineup and he's going to be playing big minutes at the end of the games because he's a clutch shooter. Uh, and an amazing free throw shooter as well, but he is a defensive liability at times. And if you're getting cooked on defense, sometimes you have to take a guy out. And Toussaint is probably the best defender on the team, it, it, at least the best guard defender. So, you know, 
there's going to be times where the switch is going to have to be made. You're going to have to choose Toussaint's defense over Bohannon's offense because that's what you're going to need. We have so many other scorers on the floor most of the time that you'll you can be okay with you know that switch that you're making there because it makes the team better in that situation. Joey, you're the basketball guy. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I, if you want to see some Luca Garza slander, go uh, look uh, at ESPN's post about this game later. You thought it was bad when he was putting up 30 and 40 against dog shit teams. He just scored 16. I guarantee people are going to be canceling him big time. I uh, so after Luca had like one of his big and ones in the second half, I was just scrolling through Twitter and ESPN had put a clip out of it, and I decided to humor myself by scrolling through the comments. Uh, the uh, the top kind of categories of them were, one, the refs are just giving Iowa all the calls. Which was not the case mm-hmm. yes. at all. Right. Uh, number two was that um, Luca is just, like, hooking and holding every time that he goes up for a shot. Which that- is potentially the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was all just a bunch of other ones that were like, I hate Iowa or something like that. But, yeah. I would like those. I mean, obviously, Iowa fans were shitting on Obi Toppin last year, too. So, whatever. It's going to happen regardless. But you know what? They're not calling the fucking fouls on him. He does have the best hands in the country. Jess Settles is dead on about that. He, this is the worst game he has played in two years, probably. And he still made... Like, okay, so when North Carolina was making that run in the second half, he was really the only person that kept Iowa afloat. That's when he started. He had, like, two or three and ones in that stretch. He was getting a lot of physical rebounds. It's He just does so much to affect the game. And he, what I, he only had two assists, but the floor gets spaced so well when he has it on the post. Because all you got is snipers out there, man. I was happy to see Wieskamp do well against a good team because – He's been notorious for not doing well against not good teams. So, <laughs> I just I think Wieskamp probably gets a tough rap from a lot of Iowa fans just because. So he's Iowa ba- Iowa high school basketball's all-time leading scorer regardless of class, and then take into account the fact that he committed to Iowa like the summer going into his sophomore year of college. So he had a ton of hype coming in, and then he played a pretty good freshman yeah. year, and then. So last year, I think a lot of people expected him to be like a, a around a twenty point a game score, and some games he just wasn't that. And I I think that sometimes the expectations for him were a bit bigger than what they should have been. So when he didn't play like incredibly well against some better teams, and I'll say you know myself included, uh, he kind of got the shit end of the stick in terms of. Uh, fans' attitudes towards him. I'll say this. I said this during the game. You all you all have already heard this, but Iowa is the Houston Rockets of the NCAA, meaning that <laughs> they're going to win a shit ton of games strictly because of their offense. And I, I said that going into this game tonight. I said, North Carolina hasn't scored very many points, and our offense is just too good. We're just going to outplay them on offense. doesn't matter what they do. That's just how it's going to be. A lot of people might not like that, I. But that's that's the identity of this team. They're gonna they're gonna. How many threes do we shoot? Forty. Uh, was it actually forty? Yeah, that's 17. what it's going to be. They're going to live and die by the offense. So I don't I don't even want to hear it from fans about their defense. I could care less. Yeah. So uh, honestly, 
We made 17 of 40. That's a 42 percent. Like mm-hmm. yeah. So that- yeah. No, I. Those were great numbers, and I agree with Joey. The identity of this team is offense, not defense. I don't want our team to turn into Iowa State in that we are entirely reliant on shooting the three-point ball well to win a game because, like, if we didn't hit 17 threes tonight, we lose this game by probably a lot. So it was great, and offense is going to be what wins us games this season. Um, I just don't want it to be so three-ball heavy, and I would like to – the defense needs to be – it doesn't have to be great, but it still does need to be a little bit better than what it was tonight. Specifically, the transition defense was very bad tonight. They're not entirely reliant, though, on the three-point shot because they have Luka. So that – like, look at the, all the first three games. I know they were against shit teams, but that, that was pretty much all yeah. pounding Luka inside. It, yeah, and, I, and I'm not saying that I was going to do that moving forward. I just want to – like. I don't want to have to turn into that because if you do that on, you know, one bad shooting night, you get ran out of the gym because you're, you know, planning on making 17 or 15 threes or whatever. Well, I mean, that's going to – you're you're not going to win them all. Yeah, I, I know that you're not, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I just – shooting 40 threes a game is probably not a very sustainable way to continue to win basketball games. Okay, I I don't think we'll shoot that many threes in a game again this season. I would bet money on that because it literally did feel like every time up was like a J Bo specifically. It just seemed like every time he touched, he was chucking, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean that's I mean that's kind of what his game is at this point. He's not a a slasher and driver to the hoop. He's basically out there only to shoot three pointers. Yeah, but I mean like. In like obvious pass situations for him, like there one more pass. I, I think there was a, two times I counted at least where one more pass there was another guy open and J Bo was just chucking. I, I got a question. Uh, so J Bo will always have the green light for me. It doesn't as long as he's across half court, he can shoot it from wherever he feels. That's just my opinion. How close is C J Frederick to that range for you? Uh, C J is the best shooter in program history. Okay, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, bold statement. I want C J if. I'd like CJ shot over anybody that I've watched play. I'd like CJ shot, and he's a he's a sniper from three. But like the thing with Bohannon is he showed that he can hit it from like pretty long range a lot. CJ is usually closer to the three point line, so um, I don't know. I I don't want him to have to have the green light from you know from thirty feet because those t- I mean unless you're Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, those aren't good shots. So I want CJ to continue shooting from, you know, the way that he is now because it works very well. But I'm not, you know, I don't want him to be, you know, Jimmer Fredette was electric in the uh, in that uh, NCAA tournament, but I don't want, you know, CJ Frederick's game to have to turn into that. If we play like this against Gonzaga, what happens? We... We win because um, they will be will be the first game in two weeks. They'll be rusty. If you're banking on that against the best team over the last decade and a half, that's hey, uh, you, about the decade and a half. I, thing. They haven't even made it past the Sweet 16. <laughs> they made it to the championship two, three years ago. Lost to North Carolina. 
say about Kentucky, I would say. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't Duke. know. They haven't, they haven't won a national Kansas. championship, so, yeah, Villanova. Um, I, I, we probably lose because Gonzaga puts the ball in the hoop a lot, and they're a pretty good defensive team. Yeah, that's the thing. I so I don't. Admittedly, I don't know a lot about Gonzaga, but I, I you have to figure they'll be ready for Iowa. Like, okay, North North Carolina is huge size, right? Like they had four guys six ten, six eleven or taller. Um, what? I I just feel that Gonzaga is going to be able to do the same shit against Garza that North Carolina was able to do. Uh, I mean. I don't know Gonzaga's roster top to bottom, but I'd be shocked if they had as many big bodies to throw at Garza as North Carolina did. So I think that was a big part of North Carolina's, you know, plan to be effective against Garza is that they didn't have to play just one or two bigs on him the whole night. They could kind of keep rotating in, you know, the freshest big. So, you know, they're whenever somebody would start to get tired and Luca might be able to start to, you know, work work on him. Uh, they're just putting some fresh legs, and there aren't going to be very many teams in the country that can run out that many bigs. So, and let's be honest, Luca is not going to be held to 16 points on a on a nightly basis. And it's not to say that he was bad because he was very good. With uh, 16 is still a good scoring night, and everything else that he did. But I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of teams in the country that have the stable of bigs that North Carolina did to be able to throw at him to slow him down as effectively as they were able to for the whole first half. Luca missed a bunch of free throws, that, but I can deal with I can deal with the misses. That'll happen. His field goal percentage isn't going to be eighty for the season. Yeah, he's not going to shoot seventy five percent from the field but for the whole year. I'd like to see him make those free throws. Yeah, I mean he's been good at free throw, and we were actually talking about this during the game. It always seems like your team misses more free throws than what they actually do. It's probably the same thing with Luca. He did have some misses, but it's probably not as many as you think that it is and I don't have the actual stats in front of me but I mean last year he wasn't a great free throw shooter but he showed in the past that he can be an 80% guy so I think he'll probably be closer to somewhere in between around like a 75% for the season and that's that's perfectly fine for a big man to shoot 75% from the line let's talk about this number 21 for Duke that I hate now I've been watching this game for the last five minutes is he is he the new um uh yeah. yeah, he's the he's the white guy that you hate on Duke. Uh, Look yeah, at the token white guy that you hate. The sides, his sides are like a zero, and then he's just got like a regular haircut on the top. Yeah, we're watching Illinois Duke, and his haircut is ridiculous, and I I do not like him. Oh man, I tell you, Illinois is kind of fucking cooking Duke right now too. Hey, you know what? Iowa was cooking North Carolina, too. And you know what we finished the game doing? Cooking North Carolina. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible camera angle. Shout out to ESPN. I also, if we're, if we're talking about camera angles, so I was watching you and I play at the Sanford Pentagon a couple weeks ago. Comment. Huh? I thought that was going to be a porn comment. Mm, no. But anyway, so I was watching you and I play at the Sanford Pentagon a couple weeks ago. Just be prepared. The camera angle there fucking stinks. It's like straight down onto the court. Where's that? It's where we're playing Gonzaga. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 a really, really bad camera angle. Hey, so be prepared for that. What, okay, so this is a probably stupid question. What is it? Is it just like a really old basketball arena? Like, I know Iowa's played there like two years ago or whatever. No, it, o- it only power. opened up like in the last like five years or something. Good, it's not like the Palestra, is it? Where... 
Remember last year <laughs> they had played, fan played. box fans blown on the court because everybody was slipping all over <laughs> the place. <laughs> no, it's a pretty new venue. Uh, transition a little bit. Were uh, were you guys pretty bummed that uh, Gonzaga and Baylor got bumped back this weekend? Yes, obviously. If not, if for no other reason than Iowa would have slid up a spot because whoever lost that would have fallen down in the rankings, but also just because that would have been a really fucking good game to watch. Figure, I mean, plus it would have given Iowa good tape on watching how those two teams attacked each other because that would give them a very good, like, blueprint for how to attack each other, you know, especially for Iowa versus Gonzaga, and then if we happen to meet up with Baylor in the NCAA tournament. You think one of those teams drops out of the top two if they lose that game? Probably. I th- if Baylor loses, no for doubt. sure. No doubt. If if Baylor loses, they'd for sure at least drop. How can you drop that far in the rankings? For only losing. It's not that. It's out of the top two. It's not that yeah. far out of the and rankings. The, they could just flip flop. I think that if Baylor lost, they for sure would fall to probably around like five or six. And if Gonzaga were to have lost that there game, would be no they probably could have kept. Iowa yeah, they probably would have moved down to like three. Baylor and Iowa both would have moved up one. That's what but I think would have happened. Now, barring we lose to a bad Iowa State team and uh, Northern Illinois, which I'm not going to say they're bad. I don't know anything they're about football school. They suck at basketball. Although I was at their stadium last year, I, whatever. I was at their arena last year for like them against like Wisconsin, Green Bay, or something. Low key. Great arena, and you know what elevated it even further? They had they served alcohol, S- served alcohol, and there was the, the like the b- domestic beers were like seven bucks a pop, you know, whatever. But then they had the special of the day was natty seltzers for two dollars a piece. Give me that every uh, day of the week and the, twice on Sundays. The only thing that sucked about that is DeKalb is an absolute shithole, <laughs> and you. Half, like we were staying in Naperville, which is forty minutes away. We didn't drink and drive. We had a DD with us. Right. We did. We did. Likely story. But uh <laughs> No. Okay. Okay. We had to get into Chicago that night too for that the doubleheader at the United Center last year when Iowa played Cincinnati and Colorado played Dayton. But that's neither here or there. But uh, yeah. No. D- great arena. It's it's small, but we sat baseline. There was all of a hundred people there. Nice. We and it was a buzzer beater too, so can't argue with that. I tell you what, it's kind of a crock of shit that I can't go to an Iowa game, you know, regardless of sport, and buy an overpriced beer if I want one. Yeah, and I was I thought you were gonna say, and I just can't go to an Iowa game this year because well, I'm yeah, just, th- that Kansas, too. The Kansas game before Kansas and uh, Creighton, I saw fans were in. Uh, yeah, there's there is twenty five hundred fans allowed at uh, Allen Fieldhouse. I don't know. I've heard both of you say some pretty stupid shit at basketball games when you were sober. I'd hate to see what you would say when you were hammered. I'm not saying I gotta get hammered at the game, but if I could enjoy a couple adult refreshments, it would certainly it would certainly upgrade my viewing experience. For the record, I've gone to plenty of Iowa football games hammered. Yeah. Never been kicked out. That's because the crowd is so huge. <laughs> and there's no quiet moments yeah, like when yeah. they're shooting free throws. It's tough to pick out one guy out of 70,000 screaming fans. Hey, but you, you... I do say some stupid shit. I've timid it off a lot over the years. But I remember last year they were playing Rutgers at home. And they were trying to inbound the ball late. And they were wetting down their legs a late lead. And uh, 
It was dead quiet in there when they were trying to inbound. And there was, I saw the ref counting, and I yelled, call a timeout! And people turned around and looked at me, and they were like, good call, good call. It was like, oh. credit to me for the timeout. Was that a proud moment for you? It was, yeah. actually. You're not why they called the timeout. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Fran not call timeouts in the past in those situations? I mean, when you're inbounding and it's like going to be a five-second, the person that's inbounding should be the one to understand whether or not you need to call the timeout. It shouldn't have to come from the coach. Yeah, but as mu- for as much as Fran loves to yell. Also, I don't like how subjective that five seconds is. It, it changes so much per ref. It could just... One. <laughs> yeah. Two. Yeah. You know. Speaking of refs, we saw some pretty terrible officials tonight as well. I'm not gonna bag on the officials because I don't want to sound like North Carolina fans on ESPN's post. There was a couple. <laughs> there was a couple bad bad calls I didn't like. Other than that, I didn't think it was awful. There was. I mean, they were just calling some really soft shit. Yeah. I just. Yeah. There was. There was those two back to back ones where Connor got absolutely jobbed when he was straight up, and then they called him for a hack on a free throw, and then right after that, it was, I think it was Wee's camp that drove, and they... That was bad. Yeah, it was a block charge call, and they called it a charge and went against us. That was like back-to-back possessions. We got got bent over a barrel on those ones, but besides that, I don't know. It wasn't terrible. I mean, I don't know. A fit... Typically, you're never going to say anything good about the officiating after a game. Like, I've never finished watching a basketball game and thought, you know what, they just they just officiated that really well tonight. So, I think that no matter you know who it is, you're probably gonna gonna think that they sucked or missed calls. But there definitely are like some crews that are worse than others about like calling just really ticky tacky bullshit stuff. But uh, I I would just like to I have some some tweets from or texts from Iowa fans here when Luca was struggling. And let me tell you, they're from Iowa fans. I never thought I would have seen say bad stuff about an Iowa basketball player before. Here, I'll I'll just I'm not saying who it is, but I'll just read off a couple. How many easy baskets has Garza given up? Pathetic. Not even close to the best player in America. Not even the best player on this team. Frederick is the best pro pop prospect. Can you expose some names for this? This is the same person. I'm not exposing names. Hmm. Uh Garza will end up being a okay, European so League green star. Tech Probably, bubble, sure. So it's one yeah. of Luke's friends <laughs> with an with Android one. phone. What was that? I said it's a green text bubble, so that means it's one of Luke's friends with or family members with an Android phone. You don't, you don't know him or her or it. We, okay, so it's a him. We're non-binary here. Um, yeah. So I'm, he says I don't know him, so that means it's probably from the Meyer side of his family. <laughs> <laughs> We're narrowing this down. <laughs> Shut up, Austin. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It. No, I'm not gonna say any names, cause I respect him a lot. Although I will say he was a stout Mike Cassell hater. Okay. But I think that was is basically this, f- from my love for Mike Cassell. So is this also the cousin that's a big Yankees fan? No, it is not. No. Okay. Damn. It is not. Thought I was onto something there. I haven't looked at any t- text from him yet. I. But I'm assuming he wouldn't do it. So. Mm. I w- it's just amazing. I don't know. I, a- the the only criticism that I have from Garza this game is when he didn't really have it going in the first half and they were playing good defense on him. A couple times he tried to just force up like ill-advised shots over like good defense on double teams when he probably should have just kicked it out. But I'm not gonna not gonna rag on him for trying to score like he puts the ball in the fucking hoop better than anybody else in the country. But if if I were to criticize in the first half. 
he was trying to force the issue a little bit too much, I think. Yes, but, I mean, he is the best player in the country. And yeah, the, no. That, like I said, if you're trying to nitpick his game, that's where you could go to. But I certainly wouldn't go on a tirade about how he stinks. Yeah. Uh, damn, I had, a, I had a good thought. Fucking thing slipped my mind. It's just amazing, because I know, I know it's going to happen. I think we might have talked about this on the last podcast. There's going to be a stretch this year where Iowa loses like two or three in a row. Eh, we better not be losing three games in a row at any point this season. So, Austin's going to be one of those fans then. Yeah. They're just going to be abs- – there's a chance it could happen in February, because that's when we play Big Ten games. And the fan February fan February faders are going to be out. Everybody's going to be bitching and wanting to tear it down. I will, it is different this year, though. They are a way better team than yes. they ever have been. There's, they sh- they realistically should not lose three in a row. Yeah. At any point this season, pull up the schedule. I don't care. Um, but if you, if if Iowa wants to be the number three or you know number one team in the country, number one teams in the country don't lose three games in a row. Like the best North Carolina or Duke or Kansas or Villanova or Gonzaga teams, teams that are like legitimate like always in the conversation for being best in the country, you don't lose three games in a row in a season where you're, you know, actually contending for a Final Four spot. Yes, but you're not going to end up bitching and moaning if it happens, right? Like, I, like... Yes, I'll I'll bitch and moan if we lose three games in a row. We should not lose three games. We are going to lose games this season. It will happen. Everybody needs to accept that fact. At no point in the season should we be losing three games in a row. Hell, it might only take one loss to Gonzaga if we lose by 10 to 15. Fans would probably lose it then, too. Yeah. So the problem with having as high of expectations as we do going into the season is that as soon as you lose the first game, everybody's going to panic and freak out and say Fran sucks and that Luke is overrated or whatever you want to say. Almost no teams ever go undefeated through an entire season. Let a go- let alone, you know, a team that's playing in such a stacked conference as the Big Ten is this year. When you have Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, like all of those are going to be ranked teams throughout the year. We will lose games, and it's going to suck when it happens. But you, the best teams, teams that are trying to be in a Final Four, need to figure out how to not turn one loss into a streak of losses. And that's why I'm saying we should not at any point lose three games in a row this season. And also, the Gonzaga thing, if you come out and lose by 10 to 15 to the number one team in the country, there if you played if you played good basketball, I'm okay with losing to the number one team in the country by right. 10 to 15. If it's just if they come out and have tons of turnovers, can't make anything, and then if they're hiking threes and not making anything, that's when it becomes an issue. You can't live and die by the three, though, and then bitch when you miss threes. I've been saying all yeah, podcasts no, that I don't want us to be a live and die by the yes, three team. Yes, but Joey has said that. That, with a combination of all the other things against the number one team in the country. Like, if they come out, and say they come out, and they're oh for the first seven on threes, try something else. Right. Try something else. Don't just keep doing that. Right, so... Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, like, Iowa State teams in the past, and I'm not trying to rag on Iowa State here. Even but though you it, should. No, it is one it. of my favorite topics, but, like, in the past, they've been a very much, like, we need to hit, like, 12 threes a game to win consistently. I, 
that's what I would need to avoid turning into this year. So, you know, like Joey said, if we come out and we shoot a bunch of threes and we miss right away, you need to try to transition away from that. And Iowa has the ability to do that. You just can't, you know, if something's not working, you can't continue to do it and then just like cross your fingers that it's magically going to start working. So, okay, I'm, I have the schedule right here, and I'm looking at the final ten games. But before I do that, uh, we got to give a shout-out to last time after we recorded. The next morning I woke up, and our good friend, our sponsor from last year, Demmer Oil, Toby and Whitey Demmer. Best damn oil company in the business. <laughs> oh, uh, they they want to sponsor again for the basketball season, so we got to sponsor, folks. But we're open to more. Uh, best thing about Demmer Oil... Obviously, aside from ge- keeping your house warm this winter, I think it says lube on their homepage online. So that's always a. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they mean it to be funny at all. They absolutely don't. It's an oil company, Luke. Get your head out of the gutter. It's never a bad thing. Never. Never. I actually. Toby was texting me tonight. I'm sure he gets a good chuckle whenever we say lube on here. So. Uh, lube. I mean, who doesn't? I'd assume that everybody that's listening to this has the. Uh, the emotional maturity of like a 13 year old like all of us do. So. Anything even, like, remotely sexual is always funny. Uh, uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers last week, and I, I had put, I was at the gym, and I put on my Snap story, I was at .69 miles, and I said, nice. And she, she responded and said, uh, she just did the smiling, or fe- crying face emoji, and I said, if you don't love a good sex joke, I don't even want to hang out with you. Sounds like you're trying to get it. It's, no, <laughs> no, it's always great. Like the first time you like with a coworker or something like that, crack up. That's what she said or something like that, and they laugh. Like it's a hold your breath moment. Like you say it and you're like waiting for the reaction. Yeah. If they laugh, yeah, that that's the sink or swim moment. Yeah. Oh. yeah you're gonna you know real fast after that whether or not you're gonna like this coworker yeah. or not. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So shout out to Demer Oil and their lube. Um, totally and also their the other oils. Lube. What was that? I said and also their other products, not just lube. Oh yeah, propane, all the good stuff. Kerosene. I honestly, I'm not really familiar with most of the products besides oil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, located out of Dubuque <laughs> County. Give them a Google. Give them a phone call. Toby and Whitey. That's who you want. Uh, All right. So at Iowa schedule here over their final ten games. I'm not. If they went five and five, I'd be disappointed. If they went, they should probably go seven and three. If they go five and five at any stretch of the <laughs> yeah. season, I'll be disappointed. Okay, well, yeah, I think that over their final ten games, seven of them are against ranked opponents. You have at Illinois, home Ohio State, at Indiana, home Rutgers, at Michigan State, at Wisconsin, home Penn State, at Ohio State, at Michigan, home Wisconsin. That's a yeah, our, the beginning part of our schedules like Purdue, although they always rate. Yeah, us. I was gonna say Purdue beat us by like thirty points twice last year. So let's not talk smack about Purdue. Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan State, Northwestern to start yeah. the year. So I am not disputing the fact that it is a brutal schedule and the Big Ten is going to be tough. But like I said earlier, if Iowa has real Final Four aspirations, which we do this year. Teams like that, the very best teams, they don't go on three-game losing streaks. You're going to lose a game here or there, but then you right the ship and you start winning a bunch again. Like, here's a question. What is the most number of losses that Iowa can have this year for for you guys to still feel like, you know, things are going well? Five. 
That's kind of the number that I was thinking of, too. Yeah, what, like, what would that make? How many games do they have? Was that like uh, 24 27. and 5? So 22 and 5? Even that seems like, man, yeah. they should have done better. Yeah, I, I would. If we lose any more than five games, I feel like the season would feel. I, all of this is dependent on how Iowa would potentially do in the Big Ten tournament, and the NCAA tournament. But a regular season with more than five losses would, to me, feel like something went wrong. Uh I'm just gonna say if we get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, I'll be fine because that means you finish better than like like we said last time. Top four in the league. Yeah, like. And you've got Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Ohio State. Like, when, when, I don't know when the last time we've had a double bye was. Not since the Big Ten went to that format, I don't think. See, hell with that double bye shit, though. I want to be one because this is our year. Like, the, <laughs> we're not going to have a player right. as good as Luca Garza in the foreseeable future. Right, yeah. You do, these guys don't come around that often. He's literally the best player in program history. You have to be number one. Yeah, I mean, we haven't. How long has it been since we've won a Big Ten championship? Like fifty years? Like Ninety-seven years, I thought. I heard. <laughs> wait, wait, the regular season or regular season uh, or tournament? We won the tournament in two thousand six when we got the three seed. Years. Okay, okay, but and then regular season, it's been a long fucking time. Yeah, I couldn't so, tell you that. I, <laughs> we. It's tough to say how like you would evaluate how the season went right now because there's so many things like if we end up playing poorly in Big Ten, you know, season play, but then win the Big Ten tournament and go to the Elite Eight, that would, you'd probably say, oh, it's a good good turn, you know, good season. But if we play really fucking well for the regular season and then, like, burn out early in the Big Ten and then make it to, you know, like, Final Four, there's a lot of variables to say, you know, how you feel about the season. But just in terms of total losses in the regular season, I think if, if it's anything more than five... I would be concerned. Uh, I think the the bench is going to have to come through more than they did tonight. Especially, they came around a little in the second half, but I don't think in the first half the bench had any points. When you got guys like Nunji, Toussaint, Murray coming off the bench, you need them to be contributing more. Yeah, um, I think that the bench definitely can contribute more offensively than they did tonight, but uh, off the bench is where we're going to get our best defensive performances from. So we already talked about Toussaint and uh, Keegan Murray being good defenders. And then Patrick McCaffrey is also uh, very good at being like the front man or like the head of the press when we do that like three-quarter court pressure. So I think there's going to be a lot of noits. 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 A lot of nights when our bench probably doesn't score a lot of points just because our starting lineup is so proficient at scoring. I think the biggest contributions that we're going to get from the bench this year are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, like, I don't necessarily, like, this is going to sound wild. I don't think necessarily Joe Toussaint has to score for him to be extremely successful. You know what I'm saying? That's just, just the same as Connor. Like, that's why I made that comment about Connor tonight. He's out there to do everything but score. He will if he has to, mm-hmm. but he is out there to play defense and get the ball to the guys that yeah. will score. And he does everything, too. Like, he plays defense. He brings up the ball. He doesn't turn it over. He rebounds. He facilitates well. Like, you can do so much to impact a basketball game without scoring, and I think that there's going to be a lot of role players on this Iowa team that are probably going to understand 
I'm not going to go out there to try and score you know, 15 points a night because that's not what I have to do. But if what you have to do is go out there and get eight rebounds and play a gritty you know, 20 minutes and have a couple assists and play good defense, like that's going to be just as helpful as if you know, you're going out there and scoring 20 points because we have so many good scorers already. I mean, between Luka and and Bohannon and Frederick and Wieskamp that we don't we're not going to need a ton of scoring from the bench but there's there is going to be a lot of ways that they they can impact games for us yeah it's a uh, it's going to be a good stretch coming up here uh one o- I overlooked fact that we haven't talked about at all that I love in a game coming up is that we play on Christmas day do we? Who do we play? Uh, it's a Big Ten game. Fun fact. Like freaking Rutgers. Mm. Fun oh. fact. I have to work for 11 hours on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> As you're a healthcare worker, thank you for your service. Thank you, Joey. We play Minnesota at Minnesota, so we got to look at that butt-ugly court on Christmas Day. Uh, Ugh, that is brutal. Get out, but Get out the sunglasses, folks. Cause it, it's actually nice that we're... What time is that game? Seven. Actually, I'll be done working by then. I work from 7 to 6 on Christmas. Um, But I was going to say, if it's during the middle of the day, at least I'll have something to distract me while I'm at work. Uh, But apparently that's not going to be the case. So now, instead of being able to watch the game, I'll I'll just have to listen to Dolph's call of it on the radio. Yeah, and you you can just think about the potential ways we could choke that game away while you're at work all day. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm sure that'll make the time pass fast. There's like four Big Ten games on that day, though, so a full slate there. Um, and the the NBA season is tipping on Christmas Day too, isn't it? It's gonna be a lot of basketball on TV that day. Hey, I don't bitch about that. It's better than watching the freaking Christmas Story for twenty four hours on TBS. So I have a take here. I hope you, I, I agree with you. I know that you guys, you two both especially, despise a Christmas Story. I think Luke has called it one of the worst movies ever made. Correct. And I'm not out here to say it's like a a fantastic movie, but. I will absolutely sit down and like watch it once during the Christmas season. Like it's not my favorite movie in the world, but it's not terrible. It's it's kind of like a you have to watch it once during the Christmas season. The 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 whole you have to watch it once argument is a terrible argument. That's reserved for Christmas vacation. I could watch Christmas vacation probably fifteen times from the beginning of December to Christmas. And I would still love it each and every yeah, time. That's great. I I can quote every line from it. But I'm just saying you guys give A Christmas Story a really bad rap. What is good about it? Uh, I think it's like, I get when... Okay, if the older generations want to say nostalgia and, like, all that other stuff reminds them of when they were young, sure. I get that. That's fine. But, like... I just think that it's kind of funny. But what's funny about it? Also, uh, it's when racist. He, people forget that. Uh, yeah, it is. But we're not, get, get we're not sh- getting into that. Kid shooting his eye out, that's kind of funny. The lamp leg... The leg lamp, that's pretty funny. The kid getting his tongue stuck to the metal pole, pretty funny. Uh, him getting kicked by Santa in the face down the slide, pretty funny. I mean... Like, none of that just really does it for me, though. I'm, I, s- I'm sorry you have a cold fucking heart. Don't that, love Christmas. Oh, wow, that is just a bold-faced <laughs> lie. I'm the holliest, jolliest fucker you'll ever meet. But, uh... I, 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 I don't, just don't agree you, with that. You guys rag on that movie much more than it deserves. It's a perfectly fine Christmas movie. 
would you would you rather have a different movie on TBS for 24 hours? I mean, it's not like I'm sitting down watching like. Also, I'm pretty sure it's on TNT, not TBS. I I don't watch it, so yeah, okay. But also, it's not <laughs> it's not like I'm sitting down on my TV and watching like one show for 24 consecutive hours. No, because you'll be at work. Later, rub it. I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, say that that thanks from you before was uh, not from the heart. Then, <laughs> for now, you're making fun of me for working on Christmas. Uh, I remember two years ago, actually, around this time, we did a podcast and we we power ranked our top five Christmas movies. Do you remember that? We had special guest Danny Myers on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you could go back and insert clip of that here. Yeah. I mean, I think I can't remember correctly, but I'm assuming Home Alone and Christmas Vacation were in everybody's top three at least. Elf, no, Die just, Hard. You know, <laughs> shut up. I can okay. honestly say I've seen Die Hard once in my life. I've never, never watched ever it. Seen it, and I don't want yeah. to. Never Austin seen it. Myers has never watched it. That's surprising. I don't want to see it now because I don't want to have to decide if I think it's a Christmas movie or not. I, it's absolutely. I, if not you have to have a debate, if you eternity. have to have a debate as to whether or not a movie is a Christmas movie, it's not a Christmas it's movie. It's like saying is Harry Potter a Christmas movie? The way I no. understand exactly. it, the way I understand it is that Christmas is is present in the movie. Like, the, but the, it's the not the focus. Happens. So it's yes. like saying any TV show that ever has Christmas <laughs> right. in it is a Christmas. Show. It's not like it's not like it happens. To, it they go to a tower terrorists come it happens on one day and like they show one christmas tree or something like that right i i would say just my view on this having never seen the movie if you have to debate on whether or not it's a christmas movie it's not a christmas movie because you know what a christmas movie is right off the bat like yeah so that, that that's my thought on that topic since we're talking about christmas movies here's another one of my takes that i know that you guys don't like on christmas movies the Santa Claus 2 is the best Santa Claus movie. Oh, that is terrible. That, I forgot about that take. That is a garbage God, that take. Is it is the best trash. one, and no, it's not even close. the best one close. is the first one, and it's not no. close. And the worst one is the second one, and it's not close. Oh, third one's no fine. way. Martin Short does really well in his role, but I don't... You're wrong. No. That is a bad take. Wow. Santa Claus 2, all the way. So my Twitter name's Big Takes. They make yours bad takes. Or, hey, I'm an idiot takes. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's the best of the Santa Claus movies. Move on. Okay, well, what are we going to move on to? Do we want to talk about anything else? We're sitting at like 40, 45 minutes. You guys want to talk about your precious football? Do you want to talk about some football stain? Uh, I didn't see any of the game this weekend because I was hunting, so I wouldn't have a whole lot to contribute. But um, Everybody came around on Petrus in the second half. And I don't think he had a very good game. He still his passes that he connected on were good catches by the receivers, and he had some really bad throws in the first half. And I think that he that was a that was a very typical that was that was a very typical uh, Nate Stanley game where he didn't look good, but he ended up with good numbers. His he was terrible in the first quarter, and we were down fourteen nothing. But then he actually he threw. Did, Credit to him. He did put a, cu- a little air under a couple of his passes, and one of them was a touchdown. So, there's that. Okay, I, I, I will not say he's coming around. I guess we could talk. A uh, bunch of Iowa defenders have been placed on uh, semifinalists for awards, end-of-season awards. Yeah, right so, so, 
Davion Nixon is a finalist for the Outland Award, which I thought was only just for offensive linemen. But so apparently it's for the best interior, interior lineman, offensive or defensive. I so I did no not idea. know that until like yesterday. I was so confused. Can the research department uh, figure out uh, when the last time a defender has won it? I'm on it. Okay. Thanks, Joey. Um, um, and uh, Tory Taylor, best puncher. Yeah, in the country. Ray guy. But, but the Georgia punters on there too. Oh, we're gonna have some fucking problems. I'm ready to fight some dumb bitches. Whoa. We're gonna get this Australian his rifle due here. Keith Duncan got hosed last year to four eyes himself. Fuck you, Rodrigo. What a terrible name. Also, the, a kicker wearing the rec specs and just I just I hate everything about him. Okay. So it actually happens quite often. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently we're just ignorant. 2018, Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle. 2017, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle. You 2013, Aaron Donald, defensive tackle. 2009, Ndamukong Sue, defensive tackle. Glenn Dorsey, 2007, LSU, defensive tackle. So, it, um, yeah, well, it happens a lot. I w- yeah, Brandon Sheriff 2014 and Robert Gallery 2003. So I was I was been on the list many a time. Yeah, and then Golston Golston was named to one, but I can't remember what that was. Phil Parker was nominated for semifinalist for best assistant coach, which who would have thought that after the first two weeks of the season? Um, I mean, we didn't give up a ton of points. Those yeah, Iowa well, hasn't. I w- still can't game plan for David Bell. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was bad, but also, so Iowa is currently on a streak of 21 games allowing less than 25 points, which is the most in the country by, like, 17 games. So, I mean, it, it, it speaks something to how good Iowa's defense has been under Phil Parker when giving up, like, 23 points in a game seems like that was a horrible defensive game for us, especially the way that offenses have taken over college football. It tells you a lot about how good Iowa's offensive linemen have been, too. In the past years, the fact that we didn't even know that the Outland Trophy had defenders on it, <laughs> on the list. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> uh, also, Julius Brent's transferring. Ah, the best, the best corner on the team. Yeah, Joey, <laughs> only player he could name on the defense of, other than James Morris. <laughs> <laughs> James Morris. Oh, that dude hasn't played in like five years. No. No, he was a middle linebacker. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's just... typical Iowa boy middle linebacker, so yeah. Um uh I guess uh, another thing of note that happened in the Hawkeye sport oh two more things actually that happened in the Iowa sports sphere within the last week. Uh yesterday, or maybe it was today, I don't know. Sometime within this week, uh Dan Gable was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So this is not a politics thing. Say whatever you want about Trump. But any time that you're like being awarded the highest civilian honor that the country has to give, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Fuck those people that, like, when it was first announced that he was going to get it, they, they, they were like, oh, Trump. The, the. It, it Shut just, up. Yeah, regardless of who you're getting it from, it's an incredibly high honor, and it's awesome that he got that. Uh, second thing that I wanted to say, this past week, Caitlin Clark was named the Big Ten uh, Women's 
freshman player of the week and also Big Ten women's player of the week, which is like the first time that that's happened in a long time. So, Joey, uh, you ready to name it Garza Gustafson Clark Court? She's got a lot to prove. <laughs> that That is true. She's only played four games in her entire career. Looking good, though. <laughs> Looking good. Yeah. She's probably averaging more than Luca at this point now. Uh, he was averaging like 34, and he only, he had 16, so. Fourth game, not great with numbers. <laughs> this is way too much mental math for you, yeah, Luke. Yeah, we're screwed, man. It was 102, right? Because that's what he had, or 103, something like that, plus 16 divided by 4. 128 divided by 4. I am lost. We did have somebody, I put on Twitter today. Twenty nine ish Ross. So about thirty. Um we did get I put on Twitter and Facebook today. I asked if anybody had questions they would want us to answer. Still waiting for some of you hose hounds to message us back, but we did get one. And I'm not telling you who it was. <laughs> it was Lucas Lee. Our guy Lucas Lee shot us a question. He said Answer this after the game. Who had more of an impact during their game when playing when they played UNC? Mike Cassell or Jabo? Well, Jabo. Jabo, yeah. Mike Gasol had a great game that he game. He did. Though. He had like that one dunk that we all thought was off- awesome that he like just barely got over the rim. Well, Do you remember that? The, the turn the handle. <laughs> he had the he had the and one like yeah. a minute and a half to go too. So yeah, that was yeah, big. no, I mean Jabo lit it up. There's Do you guys no know that the that game, so Iowa won sixty to fifty five, it was the second fewest points that North Carolina has ever given up in a loss. Wow. Yeah. Um, also amazing. We're now four and one against them. Yeah, that just seems like it. That's a fake stat. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> against one of the blue bloods in college basketball history. Fran's two and zero against uh, Roy, Williams. Roy Williams. Yeah, at least as Iowa coach. Actually, you look at it, compare like for Ference and McCaffrey. Ooh. You put them up against some of the greatest coach, like against Saban. Jim Harbaugh, Urban Meyer, uh, Roy Williams, not Tom Izzo, John Beeline, if you want to put him in there. Like, we have pretty good wins-losses against some very, 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 very good coaches, like Hall of Fame coaches. What the fuck are the hoops on in this game? <laughs> are they just coming down from the ceiling? Yeah, they must There's be. There's no stanchion. It's, yeah, they're, they're probably just like the the classic rec center hoops that you just press, you know, the button and they drop down from the ceiling. No, Duke is a really small arena. Yeah, it's always like that. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Wow, it's like a really small arena. What the hell is Duke's like arena Carver's called? Bigger. I know what it's called. Cameron Indoor. There we go. What's North? Oh, the Dean Smith Center. Yeah, there we go. All right. Um. Oh. Cockburn okay, just got his shit stuffed at the, the rim. We had more questions here. Oh, we did. Uh, Man, I don't know how, how anybody many, heard how this many one points live. does Garza score off on Kofi when they play? Based on tonight, about 15. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, I think that uh, Kofi's biggest problem is that he gets into foul trouble when he's playing against really good bigs. So... I think that early on he's going to try and play him really physical. Then he's going to get a couple fouls. Luca's just going to start going fucking off. And then he's going to come back in and then, uh, yeah. 
That's probably a good call. About 15 when Kofi is the primary defender on Luka, and then he'll probably pour in like another uh, like 12 points uh, throughout the rest of the game. So a down 27-point night for Luka. That's wishful thinking at this point, I think. Oh, my. Against the number six team in the country with a, with a really, really good big? Look what we just did against North Carolina. Yeah. You're the one that said 15 against him. Yeah, but you said another... Yeah, uh, the, yeah like the question was, how many points does he score specifically yeah, against I'm not Kofi? Yeah, he's scoring 12 against everybody else. Co- Coburn's going to be guarding him most of the time. I think that he's going to get into foul trouble. That's what happened uh, both games last year. So you think he's going to score 15 on Coburn and still get him in foul trouble? Like, you don't think he's going to be out longer than that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I do not think for 27 against Illinois. I'll call the 20-point, the 8-rebound game. About what I would say, I'd say probably scoring five on the other guys. Coburn, main defender. Yeah. All right. Well, anybody else have anything what they want to say? Ross, do you have any questions? I just can't believe that Joey said Coburn and not Cockburn. That is shocking. Stunner. I don't know if the mics picked that up, but so we asked Ross if he had any questions. He didn't really have a question. It was more so of a statement. Just uh, he couldn't believe Joey referred to him as Coburn, not Cockburn. I'm a professional. <laughs> okay. We sh- we should have made Ross go upstairs because now we're gonna lose a lose a listen on the uh, on the numbers. Still, just download it, please. You don't have to actually listen. <laughs> oh, also, just one more thing I want to throw in. We are almost to six thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine total downloads on Podbean all time. So, with this will this will put us over. We we only need like twenty something, I think. So. Yeah, got to get those numbers up a little more. If somebody out there can prove that you are the 6,969th listen, we will send you some merchandise. The second you listen to it, text Luke, and he'll do the math and figure it out, who is the 6969th person to listen to it, and we'll send you a congratulations email. I can, in fact, not see who is the 6969 listener, but I can tell you, I can look, do look at the live statistics, and I'll tell you when we're there. Okay. Uh, Which, honestly, it'll probably thing. happen by tomorrow morning. If you listen to this podcast at exactly 4.20 and text us and think that you are the 69.69 listener, we'll still send you something. But you have to send a screenshot listening to the podcast at 4.20. Um, also, Demer Oil, uh, Toby's sending us with a nice coffee thermos here and a, a few other things. We're going to put some wristbands in it. You mean a tumbler? Whatever, and we're giving it away for uh, for the Christmas season. Oh, they we'll are do, uh, very different. So something on social media, retweet, and you know something like that. So it's one of those nice tumblers, the metal ones, steel. Yeah, very good. Keeps my coffee warm until about eleven thirty every day. We so a while back, Luke and I were in the car, and there was these people on a motorcycle, and the lady had a tumbler. I'm like, what do you think? Do you think she has like booze in that tumbler or something? And Luke's like, what the. Why are you calling it a tumbler? What the fuck? What's that? Because that's what it's called. Like you're stupid. I'm like, no, that's what it's called. Coffee, coffee, mu- coffee mug. I'll ride with that. Coffee no, a coffee mug is a very specific thing. A thermos, I think, is what you're thinking of. It, yes, yes, people drink coffee out of them. <laughs> but whatever. All right. Well, are we gonna record before the Gonzaga game? Because they only have Northern Illinois in between. And Iowa State. Oh shit! And I yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah, because record. we're gonna stock some mad shit about and Iowa State. Game. We're gonna call out those bastards uh, from that other you know Iowa State podcast. And I, yeah. Uh, so we don't say the name here. I don't know who you're talking about. I do. Um. 
I, we talked about football very briefly and probably did not do a very good job of it because Joey's a self-admitted not huge football fan and I missed the game this weekend. But in the uh, college football playoff rankings that just came out tonight, Iowa moved up to 16. So that's, you know, even on a year where we started 0-2, things are still looking very good for the uh, the football program. And Iowa State's up to 7. So I like it because they're probably thinking, their fans are probably doing – I, if I was them, I'd be doing some mental gymnastics right now, trying to figure out how we could get in the playoff. And it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Oh, yeah. So, the best-case scenario is that Iowa State loses to Oklahoma here in the Big 12 championship game. Iowa wins their last two games, and then we meet Iowa State in a bowl game. No. To me, the best thing that happens is Iowa State wins out, wins the Big 12, and still doesn't make the playoff. <laughs> well, I think we're going to need some help from Ohio State. Because I'm not. They sure were still ranked there. number four tonight. Yeah, so. I know, but they're not going to play next. I said this before. It's total bullshit that Ryan Day is like. I think the Big Ten needs to reevaluate the 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 uh, the what, the championship thing. Yeah. He wasn't saying that when Wisconsin got statistically eliminated <laughs> for missing too many games. That's what yeah. a douche. Austin was defending this earlier. I mean, I just I get where like the Big Ten. They already said that tomorrow the. Big Ten ADs are going to meet and talk about it. And it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to, like, waive the initial regulation to let Ohio State in. Because let's be honest, when it comes to football, Ohio State is the Big Ten Conference. Like, they are the top dog, and it's really not particularly close. So it's best for the conference as a whole for them to be able to play in the championship game to bolster their case to be in the college football playoff. I think that it is hypocritical and stupid but when you come down to it and look at it in terms of a revenue standpoint and a visibility standpoint for the conference as a whole, the Big Ten is going to do whatever the fuck they can to get Ohio State into the playoff. And if that means you know changing the rules to let them play in the Big Ten championship game, that's what's going to happen. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. Search us on Facebook. It's HTR underscore pod. Mine uh, Twitter is Myers underscore Luke. Joey's is Joe Mama two one nine six, and Austin's is Myers Austin, also known as Bad Takes. Uh, That's got, incorrect information. We got Northern Illinois and Iowa State coming up before we play Gonzaga. Uh, we got Wisconsin this week. Hopefully, we can bring the bull back. Uh, until next time, guys. Go Hawks and fuck Nebraska. <laughs>